And welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. We're in Madison. We haven't done a show in Madison before at iHeartRadio's studios of WIBA and WTSO. But David Gasper, this is where you work and where you do some of your work for Reviewing the Brew. Reviewing the Brew, uh, you're the executive editor yes. of that fine website. And we've had you on the podcast before. I've been on your podcast before. Yes. But it's been a minute. It has. And it's the off-season. Tomorrow, apparently, we're getting snow in no, Wisconsin. No. Yeah. So you know, but it, that you know what that means, though. So it's a fun time of the year because it's the hot stove lake. Absolutely, hot stove heating us up, even when the snow comes in. And you know, th- we're going to see a lot of moves. You know, coming up over these next couple of days, you got the deadline to protect uh, prospects from the Rule Five draft that's coming up on Tuesday here, and then uh, later this week, you're going to have the non-tender deadline. You know, play- teams are going to be. Uh, you know, non-tendering or tendering players, sending them into free agency. The Brewers are going to have a bunch of decisions to make there. A lot of teams across the league will. It's going to lead to a whole bunch of new free agents, and we'll get a much greater sense of, of where this Brewers team is heading into next season. Okay, the biggest off-season story so far, of course, has been, I mean, it's a resignation, I suppose, of David Stearns. I mean, mm-hmm. they say that he's stepping away, but he'll still be around as an advisor, but Matt Arnold's running the show right now. Did it catch you off guard? And what kind of changes do you think there are going to be from the philosophies of David Stearns to Matt Arnold as best as you can tell? Yeah, I, I think it caught me a, a little bit off guard ju- just with, you know, when it came down. But, I mean, overall, I, I think we've kind of seen the writing on the wall that, you know, it, it would probably be coming soon that David Stearns would be leaving the Brewers. You know, we've seen the rumors for a couple of years. We know about his contract, how it ends after 2023, uh, and that other teams are, are going to kind of be circling on that. And, you know, the Brewers were going to be trying to reach an extension with him, and he just didn't really seem to uh, be signing one. So, it, you know, the writing seemed to be on the wall. I think the biggest surprise was the reasoning he gave for stepping down, you know, wanting to to step back, take a breath, and, you know, almost feeling a little bit of burnout, which you don't hear that too often from, what, a Mm. 37-year-old executive. Right. Um, So that was, uh, I think, a bit of a shocker to to most people. And, I mean, now even the Houston Astros have made a change at GM, and everyone thought they'd be calling him, and he's still like, no, I am legitimately taking a step back. I'm taking a break. I'm feeling a little burned out. Even if it is the Astros, even if he does want to go there, he's not jumping to that ship right now because he legitimately wants wants to just take a step back and, and be with his family. And, you know, I, I respect that. Um, you know, I, I think when you, when you look at, you know, the, the things that he's got, you know, wife, you know, young kids, and just kind of wanting to be home a bit more often, totally understandable, totally get it. Um, you know, I, I think it's – I think it hurts the Brewers a little bit just because – David Stearns is, you know, a top five, top three executive mm-hmm. in, in the league. And you're going to Matt Arnold, who, I mean, you don't really know as much uh, about him as a decision maker, but odds are he's not going to be a top five, top three exec in the league. So, you know, th- that does make things a bit more difficult from the Brewers. Um, you know, in, in terms of different philosophy, uh, I mean, he came out of the Rays uh, system. Uh, you know, he he came up through through that front office. So, uh, we might see something a little bit more similar to to the Tampa Bay Rays and, mm-hmm. and how they run things and and making trades and, and player development and and roster building. Um, they built an incredible amount of depth, and, and David Stearns has done that as well. Uh, but that that might be something we we see a little bit uh, drift more towards looking a lot more like the Rays. Well, and the Rays for a small market team and for a team that 
you know, doesn't have that many fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've got the stadium issues that they have down there. So certainly, if you're looking at infrastructure, I know obviously Matt Arnold's been in Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. yes, he came through the Rays organization. But he's been in Milwaukee now for a while. But the Rays have been, I, I think it's fair to say, maybe the model small market franchise in baseball, if you don't consider the Brewers, Mark Adonacio doesn't say, well, we don't consider this a small market team, even though, you know, numbers are what numbers are. But if mm-hmm. you're looking at a team with a smaller budget that gets the most bang for their buck over the last decade, you're looking at the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the good news for the Brewers is that they do have a bit more uh, financial uh payroll ability than the Tampa Bay Rays because the Brewers do draw a lot more fans. Mm-hmm. They got a lot better situation uh, with that. Uh, you know, as, as much as fans like to complain about Mark Atanasio, they do have a better ownership situation than the Rays do. Um, so, you know, even though they can run it like the Rays, they do still have a little bit uh, more payroll. So they can afford to keep, you know, some, some of the guys that uh, are a bit higher salary. You can afford a guy like a Christian Yelich and, you know, they, you should afford a guy like Corbin Burns. That, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're allowed to, to run a little bit higher, which means they can build probably a little bit stronger of a team um, rather than the Rays who have to constantly churn over as soon as someone reaches arbitration eligibility and, and starts getting paid. They almost have to, to trade them away. I want to ask you about Corbin Burns in a second, but you mentioned Mark Adonacio, Brewers' uh, principal owner. There have been some critical things that have been said about Mark. Uh, about how all he wants to do is, you know, the Herb Cole model when mm-hmm. Herb Cole owned the Bucks. That if you just made it to the playoffs, that would be okay, and that would have been a successful year no matter what happens in mm-hmm. October. What we saw this year, though, in the World Series is that Philadelphia, the team that tried to give the wild card back to the Brewers, they at least got to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an outlier, but from your perspective, what's your opinion of? Mark Adonacio as an owner in Major League Baseball? You know, I think with Mark, I mean, he's someone that, that does seem to, uh, you know, he wants to have a successful team. He's not just there for, you know, like, it's not just constantly rebuilding. You know, I, I think he's he's a much better owner than some give him credit for, but he's also not, um, you know, someone who's going to be pushing. He's not Hal Steinbrenner. To, no, he, he's not the Steinbrenners. He, he's not the... Uh, the Dodgers ownership group. He's not uh, whoever the owner of the Padres is um, that, that's been going all in. Mm. Um, it, it's a little bit different uh, for for Atanasio. So I mean, we'll see. I mean that 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 could change. I mean, he has been willing to give extensions to you know franchise players. You know, gave extensions to two contract extensions to Ryan Braun. Uh, gave one to Christian Yelich. You know, when when he sees these big time players, it's like okay, you can't let them leave. He's able to to get it done and sign those guys to extensions. So you know, I, I think as long as he's able to do that, I mean, I know there's a lot of criticism, you know, from the Josh Hader thing, and, and you know, now what we're seeing with uh, the rumors about Burns, you know, how that could shift everything. You know, if, if you trade both those guys um, because you're not willing to pay them, that is going to change uh, a lot of you know the the negative opinions about Atanasio mm-hmm. would only grow stronger if that were to happen. It seems to me. And I want your perspective on this as well. That the Brewers and Mark, the, you know, thus Mark Adonacio, the Brewers can afford to sign one guy to that big mm-hmm. contract. And right now, that guy is Christian Yelich. I don't think that any leadoff hitter in baseball is worth twenty-six million dollars a year. <laughs> but they thought that they were going to get what amounted to someone who could have been a two-time and a uh, National League Most Valuable Player when they signed him. It looked like a team-friendly deal at the time. Certainly. 
there is the cost certainty mm-hmm. that they have in there as well. But now, as we start to turn the calendar to 2023, you mentioned Corbin Burns in 2021, uh, National League Cy Young Award winner, led the league in strikeouts again this past season, and he is due to become a full free agent at the end of the 2024 season, so that's when these rumors are starting to crop up. Mm-hmm. How do you solve that conundrum when you know what the open market is going to get Corbin Burns and you've already got so much of your payroll already tied up in Christian Yelich? Yeah, that's something that it's going to be so tough for the Brewers to navigate because they have so many players that are worthy of contract extensions. I mean, you already have Yelich, you know, signed to $26 million a year. You have Burns. You have Brandon Woodruff. You have Willie Adamas. All three of those guys are going to be free agents after 2024. You know, who who do you sign there? Corbin Burns is going to be the most expensive of that group, but also he's the best mm. of, of that group. Right. You know, if you want to, to win a World Series, having a Cy Young winner – does tend to help. I mean, the Houston Astros won it this year. Do they have a, a Cy Young winner on their roster? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves last year, did they have a Cy Young winner? I believe they did. Uh, 2020, Los Angeles Dodgers, Cy Young winner? Yep. 2019, yeah. Nationals, Cy Young winner? Yeah. Yes. 2018, Red Sox, Cy Young winner? Yeah. Like, you go back at, at all the World Series winners over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. they all have at least one previous or current Cy Young winner on their roster. So mm-hmm. if you want to get there, if you want to achieve that ultimate goal, that's the guy you got to prior- prioritize uh, keeping. It's going to cost a lot. I mean, it, we're going to see um, just how much of a hometown discount he might be willing to give, but you got to have that conversation. And, you know, from what we've seen from Matt Arnold since he took over, you know, in the comments that he's given in press conferences and uh, t- talking to the media, he wants to have those conversations. He is, he is open to it. He's looking to have those conversations with uh, the players uh, this offseason. Um, whereas, you know, prior to this, back in September, I believe, when they asked Corbin Burns about it, they hadn't even approached him mm-hmm. about a contract extension yet. So it seems like Matt Arnold is a bit more willing to, to talk about contract extensions with guys like Burns and Woodruff, uh, whereas David Stearns maybe wasn't going to be um, just, you know, investing in those guys long-term because pitchers, pitchers can be volatile. Mm, you know, you, yeah. you're investing a lot into, into one arm. Um, you know, if you well, get look injuries at Josh up, Hader right after he got traded, I mean, yeah. he, he got it back, but he was yeah. you know, booed in San Diego because he, he couldn't get anybody out. He couldn't find the, the strike zone. Yeah. And relievers especially uh, are incredibly volatile. So I think that's why the Brewers were a bit more willing to part with someone like Josh Hader, just because, you know, a one inning reliever, is so much different to, to pay that much money towards rather than a 200-inning workhorse ace that, that you can depend on every single time out there. And, I mean, really, if you're looking for any pitcher to actually invest the money in, Corbin Burns has everything you'd be looking for. I mean, he's got the workhorse ability. He's got the the standout stuff, the the smooth, easy delivery. He doesn't have any injury history that, that would mm. give you any sort of concern long-term. Um, you know, he, he loves playing in Milwaukee. He, he has that pedigree, um, and you've developed him. Like, he is homegrown, fourth-round pick in 2016. You've built him up. You, you've developed him, and you've turned him into a stud. If, if there's anyone to invest in, it would be that guy. What about Brandon Woodruff, then? Invest in him, too. <laughs> like, 
Well, like, it, I it love feels bo- like it's going to be one or the other. I mean, yeah. at, at best, it feels but like it's going to be one or the other. Financially, yeah, it's going to be one or the other. In an ideal world, they'd be able to sign both, sure. and, and it would all be great. Line them up with I- Freddie Peralta. But, right. In an but, ideal world, a lot of good things could happen for the, yeah. for the, for the team. Yeah, but uh, yeah, in all likelihood, it's going to be uh, only one of those guys. It's not going to be both. Uh, I think you should try for Burns first just because he's going to be the most expensive mm-hmm. one. If you can't get Burns, you know, I get it. You know, that, that's probably going to be close to $40 million a season. Um, so Woodruff isn't going to cost as much. He, he'd be much easier for the Brewers to extend. Uh, so I'd understand the Brewers going that route, signing Brandon Woodruff, because Brandon Woodruff is also really good. You know, Oh, as, he's great. That's as, why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. As much as, as much as we love Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff is also really damn good. So well, you've been on the Corbin Burns train, you know, train for a long time. I have, I have, I've, I've been leading the Corbin Burns Cy Young hype train for for years. So how uh, vindicated were you when he won the Cy Oh, the I was, I was so vindicated. You I was, were crowing up and down Fish Hatchery Road. Yeah, I was, I was standing over in TSO watching it on on MLB Network, and I was just jumping up and down, <laughs> running down the hallway. There was no one else here, luckily, but so no one else saw it. But okay. I, I took video, and I was just jumping up and down, just Perfect. screaming, just. Oh man, it was it was the greatest vindication. I took the biggest victory lap that, that you could possibly imagine because so many people. Because I made that prediction in 2019. I know that's what I mean. You've been on yeah. the train for a long time. Yeah, and 2019, as as we all remember, was horrible yeah. for Corbin Burns. It, it was the worst season by a starter we, we'd ever seen. And so everyone's like, "Oh, DFA this guy. Oh, he's terrible. Oh, what what are you thinking?" And now you know. And then two years later, it's like. Told you so. But he was the one guy, if you go back to the 2018 season, because the Brewers Mm. were making their push and they were running away with their division. It reminded me a little bit of 2011 when they really pushed all their chips into Mm -hmm. the middle of the table. They traded for Zach Greinke at the beginning of the season. They brought in Sean Markham from the uh, Blue Jays. And and while the wheels fell off of Sean Markham, (laughs) not only that season with about six weeks left to go and then into the postseason, but also his career, unfortunately. But he was really important earlier in that 2011 season at the All-Star break. They go out and they trade for Francisco Rodriguez to shorten games basically to seven innings if you've got a lead. Mm-hmm. And most importantly for me, they knew that they were going to lose Prince Fielder at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and yet they still, you know what, we're just we're not going to trade you. We're going to ride it out and, and see how close we can get. They came to within two games of the World Series. So it reminded me a little bit of that. But in 2018, they wanted to David Stearns, not Doug Melvin, but David Stearns, maybe wanted to add a piece here, a piece there, a piece here, a piece there for that one push. There's one guy that was untouchable. There's one guy he wouldn't entertain any trade talks for, and that was Corbin Burns. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Manny Machado was you know the big ticket at, mm-hmm. at the trade deadline that year, and you know he was a rental. He was going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and you know that would have been a, a really huge bat for even for the Dodgers. He was a rental. Yeah, yeah, and, and he ended up going to the Padres after that. So I'm, but I mean, he would have cost a ton, and what the Orioles were asking for was Corbin Burns. Yeah, and I mean. Naturally, you know, it makes sense that, that they'd be asking for him. But the Brewers were like, no. You know, they gave up the chance for, for Manny Machado that year. Um, and, and adding him to that lineup and being, you know, really – because, I mean, he was huge for them down the stretch that season. So, losing him, um, you know, or losing out on that sweepstakes because you wanted to keep on to Cor- – hold on to Corbin Burns. I mean, that was – you know, as as much as it may have hurt not to have Machado, it would have hurt so much more mm-hmm. to have not had Corbin Burns these past few years. And – you know that that's you know where you know David Stearns would say no one is untouchable for the right price, but some of those prices are astronomically high. You bring up Cy Young Award winners, and this is an aside. This isn't this is like a sidebar. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in nineteen eighty two, the Brewers had two Cy Young Award winners on their roster. Pete Vukovic, who won the award in nineteen eighty two, yep. and Raleigh Fingers, who won it the year prior to that, although he was injured the rest of the season. I uh, missed the last several weeks, including mm-hmm. the playoffs and the World Series. How tired are you of hearing about the nineteen eighty two Milwaukee Brewers? I'm so tired at this point. Like, like I want another team to talk about. You know, like, like it's nothing against the '82 Brewers, but I want another I team. It. That's why I to, to bring up. You know, like, like we can talk about the 2011 team and 2018 and all those guys, but they fell short of the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, like I want another team to talk about, another team to have anniversaries for, um, and and uh, and parades for, and. Uh, and want to be able to win it one of these years. And instead of celebrating a team that lost the World Series, you know, obviously if they had Raleigh Fingers down the stretch, results probably would have been different. But, probably. Um, yeah, it, it, you just you just want to get get over that, that hump, you know, just having that one team to talk about. It haunts Ted Simmons to this day. Yeah. He told me that right after he got elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, I asked him about 1982 because he grew up. Or not, he grew up, but as a baseball player, grew up in the Cardinals organization. He called that World Series the strangest experience of his entire life. Oh, I bet. Within three innings of actually winning the World Series. Um, Let's get back to this offseason. What does this team still have to do? Brad Boxberger, I thought they were probably going to bring him back. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes we're, we're surprised by some of these. Uh, decisions that are made. Has there been anything that Matt Arnold has done so far that surprised you? And what does he still need to address that is reasonable and, you know, a a piece that maybe flies under the radar? Because I think one of the things that David Stearns was masterful at is finding those guys that were under the radar and in different places, like, you know, bringing Eric Thames from Korea, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I I think the Colton Wong option decision was also fairly surprising to a number of people. I mean, just because... Uh, you know, he's going to be making $10 million mm-hmm. next season. Didn't have a great season. No, didn't, didn't have a great uh, especially season. Defensively. Especially defensively. Yeah, especially defensively. But, I mean, he had some uh, some lower body injuries, some leg injuries throughout the season that, that were kind of messing with that. Uh, plus, I mean, the shift is going away next year. So you're going, you're going to want an experienced defender uh, over there at second base to handle that. Um, but, I mean, he turned it on in the second half of the year, which, you know, led to him having actually his best offensive season of his career. Um, if you look at, you know, OPS plus and, mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. So he, he had a career high in home runs as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really it, it makes sense from a baseball perspective, but also, I mean, you've got Bryce Terang that, that's sitting there in AAA that really has nothing left to prove in AAA that's pretty much ready for the big leagues. And they brought back Wong in, instead um, so that's uh, that, that I found a, a little bit surprising. I, I thought they would go the cheaper route, go with Terang at second base, um, and move on, and then maybe use some of that money elsewhere, like for a Corbin Burns extension, maybe. <laughs> Jackson Churio. Yes. How long is he going to be in the minor leagues, in your opinion? Not long. And when do you think he should come up? So as long as he's able to continue uh, hitting the way that he did this year, I think we could see him maybe late half of 2023, maybe as a September call-up. Uh, he made it to double-A by the end of the season this past year. He's probably going to start there uh, again in 2023. And then it probably won't won't be long until he's up into triple-A after that. Have you um, seen him play yet? Have you gone up to Appleton when he was playing yes, up there? Yes, I, 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 went, I went to Appleton um, that, that first weekend uh, that, that he got promoted. And I'm sitting there, front row. He's up there, first at bat, home run, dead center. <laughs> Dead yeah. serious. Like, yeah. like first at bat, that's what he does. Swing, boom, crack of the bat, dead center. I'm, I'm sitting there with my dad. My dad's like, that, that ain't coming back. No, nope. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah. I was, 
I was impressed right off the bat with uh, with Jackson Church. Does he have that it factor? Because one of the things that I yeah. uh, always knew about Ryan Braun and, and certainly Christian Yelich in 2018 and 2019, you go down there and you just watch these guys take batting practice and the ball just pops effortlessly oh, yeah. off their bat. Does Churio have that it factor, that yes, pop factor? Yes, he does. He, he's got that it factor. You see it when he plays. You, you see it you know, in the field. You, you see it at the plate. You see it in batting practice. Um, you see it just kind of hanging around with his teammates. I mean, he's just got that that superstar quality uh, about him. And, you know, seeing what uh, his manager in Carolina, Victor Estevez, uh, was saying about him, I mean, he gave him a comparison to Ronald Acuna Jr., and that That's is the comparison that, is, that we keep hearing. Yeah, yeah that, that is very high praise. I mean, that, I mean, he's doing all this at 18 years old. Right. Keep in mind, like, like this was his first season stateside. Um, 18 years old, starting in really, he started in extending in, in extended spring training. He was supposed to be in the Arizona Complex League. Mm. They end up moving him to Carolina. He absolutely destroys that league as the youngest player in the league. Mm. Then gets promoted to to high A. And he still continues to dominate as even still the youngest player in the league and ends up getting a promotion to, to double A. I mean, the, the stuff that he did at his age, uh, his maturity, um, that, that's another thing that uh, his coaches and, and teammates rave about. I mean, his maturity for his age, um, that, that's something that you don't see very often and I think just kind of lends more to that uh, superstar quality, that it factor that you see with him. Tell us about reviewing the brew. So reviewing the brew, um, it's been um, a lot of fun. It, it's been we, we just got a, a new layout on the on the website. Just kind of changed that over. Okay. So fancy fancy new new layout to, <laughs> to check out. Looking a little different on on the homepage, um, but uh, we're in the full off season mode now. So you know, taking a look at, at rumors and and trades and, and transactions and free agents and things like that. So. Um, you know, we got we got an off season tracker. Just kind of put all the stuff in one place. We got that up on the site as well. Um, so plenty of different things to to look at. You know, plenty of different things on you know news and, and opinion and analysis of everything going on with the Brewers. So um, it's uh, it, it's going good, and and we're full on into into off season mode. Check it out, reviewing the the Yep. And uh, David Gasper, executive editor of ReviewingTheBrew.com. Let's do this again. I enjoyed this one. We've got a long off season to go. Yes, we do. And uh, we'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, Doug. All right. There he goes. David Gasper, he is the executive editor of ReviewingTheBrew.com. Check it out online, and that'll do it for this hot stove edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. We'll see you next time.